This episode is sponsored by Linode. Linode is offering listeners of this podcast a $20 credit, which is good for four free months at their lowest plan. Their plans start at one gigabyte of RAM for $5 a month. You can get your servers in any of their 10 data centers, and their high memory plans start at 16 gigabytes. Get a server running in under a minute. They do hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups, node balancers, long view, etc. VMs for full control, running Docker containers, encrypted disks, VPNs, etc. You can run a private Git server. They provide native SSD storage, 200 gigabit network, and Intel E5 processors. They have 24-7 friendly support, even on holidays, and a seven-day money-back guaranteed. So go check them out at linode.com slash adventures in Angular. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another Adventures in Angular. This week on our panel, we have Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv, and this week we have a special guest, and that's Udo Schofer. Did I say that close to right? Hi, everyone. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Let us know who you are, why you're famous. No, I'm not famous at all. Um, I'm just a web developer from uh, Nuremberg, Germany. I'm into the whole Angular thing for a couple of years, and I'm the creator of NG Dynamic Forms, which is a library for doing dynamic forms in Angular, and that's why I'm here on the show. And I'm very honored, and I hope I can keep up with you. And yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so do you want to just really quickly explain to us what the NG Dynamic Forms library is, like what it does? Um, yes, of course. I can maybe tell the story behind it a bit. Um, at the company where I'm, where I'm working, um, um, we're doing a lot of, of really um, heavily form-driven uh, single-page applications. And so um, we always uh, were thinking about an approach to, to keep this maintainable, and everything and we introduced angular at a very very early uh, point in time at a very early stage it was in an alpha i don't know 34 or 35 and uh, even back then there was already a, a guide on dynamic forms at the angular io site and i stumbled over it and um i caught immediately fire with the idea of 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 doing forms or describing forms on a, on a meta level, on a, on a meta-based object model and, and automating the rendering completely. And um, that's the idea behind it, um, not to have or keep the static markup and the code always in sync. The idea is just to automate all the, the rendering of the, of the form markup and so I decided to create uh, this library and, and to give finally something back to the community from which I took so much over the years. Very cool. Now, looking at this, it looks like, yeah, like you said, it, it kind of dynamically generates the forms based on mm-hmm. the fields that you give it. Mm-hmm. Is, is that yeah, about right? It's, it's, yeah, it, it's right. Um, like I said, uh, it's not my idea. I just took the, the advanced guide on NDR.io um, which describes this this approach to forms, and it um, it's a way of dealing with with all the disadvantages uh, of of template driven forms as well as reactive forms. You know, um, you can't really implement very complex forms with a template driven approach, and you always have to uh, maintain markup and code when when choosing the the reactive driven approach. Um, 
And so when you're when you're dealing with with really heavy forms that got like dozens or, or even hundreds of form uh, controls and then fields, you need to to do it in a different way. You need to to do it in a dynamic way. And, and so you need to describe your form on an abstract level um, with simple objects and just automate all the rendering stuff. Now, this reminds me a little bit of some interviews we've done with uh, Travis from form.io. Mm-hmm. Is this, so this is a pretty similar idea to that. This is, I guess it's exactly the same idea. I guess our form.io is, is, is a very powerful platform. I can keep up with, with them, of course. Um, they got a, a, a graphical editor for, for designing forms. And, but the idea is, is basically the same. Gotcha. So is this an approach that I'm going to want to take, you know, just kind of going right to the use case? Mm-hmm. At what level, you know, if, if it's a kind of a small app, is this going to really pay off for me? Or do I want to wait until I have more fields, more dynamic forms or things that are changing a lot before yes, I start um, looking at using this? Yeah, I guess so. It's uh, when you just want to to do a small app with 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 really small forms, just some input fields, whatever. I think it's a bit um, it's oversized uh, doing so this it is for in, really industrial applications, really yeah, complex, yeah, crazy stuff. Like, like what like, kind of forms are we talking about? Um, Germany is famous for its tax laws. And, you know, all these, these text forms, for example, they are very long and, and they uh, contain dozens of fields and you always have to, um, to update them to, um, to the, to the newest laws. And, and that's when it, when it really gets complicated when you're, when you're doing it in a, in a template driven or reactive or model driven way. Um, because you you always have to to really update all the markup, and it 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 really causes a lot of lot of uh, costs and 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 also pain when you really want to maintain it. Right. So rather than yeah. having two or three places where this knowledge is all encapsulated, this just eliminates one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And and things like you want to to define validators in a very easy way. You want to define error messages in a very easy way, and you would have to do it all manually on your own uh, when when you're when you're relying uh, on a on a model driven or template based approach because you always have to maintain the markup. Um, uh, that's what it all comes down to: it, it, it getting rid of of having to maintain all the the four markup but i i would i i sorry i i really would only recommend it for really complex like i said um heavily form driven single page applications yeah i'm just imagining some of the apps that i've built where we have um we we have on the back end we have a database so we'd have to be changing the fields mm-hmm. there too unless we have some sort of document database like MongoDB or something. But if you have something mm-hmm. like that, then this mm-hmm. this kind of strikes me as really nice because, yeah, then you really do only encapsulate things in one place. And then it just, uh, you know, takes your JSON that you send back to the server. And yes, right. It, you know, it, it just sticks it in with the new schema. And I guess you have to account for that in code where you need to, but 
mm -hmm. the rest of it, it just kind of neatly works and cleans itself up. Exactly. But, but of course, there are also limitations to this approach and, and there are also disadvantages again. Um, um, like for example, when you, when you really have to, to implement a very custom and, and complex layout, for example, it's, it's getting a bit complicated. Um, uh, my approach to this was, um, being solid, but, but yet also unobtrusive. In letting the user define um, the layout only via CSS classes, but that comes to a to a to a certain limitation um, when you, when you really need to 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 create a very complex, a very individual layout, for example. <clears throat> so, so where does that process fall apart if you have a complex layout? Like, wh where does this then not work or get complicated? Let's say you have, um, it depends. Let's say you have, uh, some kind of really, really complex grid based layout, for example. Um, it, it, it won't work in all situations so that you can, can really, um, um, do all, all crazy layout stuff with it. Um, um, it also depends on, on, on the library, for example, um, like when you want to compose maybe a CSS, CSS grid system with, with some UI library and, and you can really do all that with, with a dynamic approach because, um, there, there are certain, certain limitations to, to defining the whole layout solely on, on CSS classes. Is this still the right way to do it? Is with uh, just the class-based uh, layout then, even though it does have some limitations? Yeah. Well, well, I guess there. Well, maybe this is a, maybe this is a bit of an example. Um, I think there are also libraries out there, for example, um, where you can apply flexbox attributes to to Angular components, for example. And you can apply them um, via uh, directive or property binding. And this is not possible because um, the, the template that is um, responsible for, for rendering the dynamic form components is totally hidden from the user. And so you cannot uh, bind any, any uh, directives or, or properties to a component, for example. And, and you have to rely on, on CSS. And that's, that's the limitation. So I guess there there's a, is a standard library for for uh, applying flexbox to to Angular components, and um, you would not be capable of doing this with this approach. So That's, are you seeing a lot of uh, need then for flexbox? I mean, we just had a show on the other uh, on JavaScript Jabber about flexbox, and you know, I'm sure there's a lot of developers who are using it heavily and a lot yeah. still aren't using it at all. Are you seeing that the usage for Flexbox is really high and the needs um, for that is high? I think so. Well, you, 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 you can, you're still um, free to do it um, on, on, on a CSS base, but you cannot do it the, the more comfortable way, binding it directly to a component. But of course, Flexbox is, is I guess, really huge. And I think there is a wide support on 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 all browsers for it so so i really think it's 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 uh, state of the art right now doing doing layouts based on flexbox 
So let's go back to uh, like the needs for this uh, in various applications, right? Mm-hmm. Like you said, you don't, we wouldn't need it for something simple. You need it for the really big, complex stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So who are you actually seeing using this, uh, using the library? I'm seeing it used by probably huge companies who are who are providing very heavy complex forms like from I can I can tell you from from my daily work um like I said I'm working at a at a company here that that does a lot of software for uh, tax consultants and lawyers um, and so on and all all the the forms you you have to implement and um you have to bring to the to the user interface they are very very complex um there are also very often uh, connections between the fields um so you have to validate um, multiple fields at the same time you have to um, update the values of a field based on the value of another field and that's where it gets really really complex when you want to do it let's say with a template driven approach because you would have to bake all the logic directly into the to the markup that would lead to to the state of the of the application being totally baked into this markup which makes it very very hard to to debug so i think it's it's like i said when when you when you have really some kind of, of heavy complex forms we came to the conclusion it's the only um, maintainable way of of doing forms so if somebody wants to pull uh, this library in and start using it in their Angular applications, uh, yeah. what, what are the steps they have to take? I mean, is it just uh, npm install and then an mm-hmm. import, or is there more to it than that? Um, no, it's it's pretty easy. It's pretty simple, I guess. Um, all you have to do is install the core package, and then you have to choose your UI library. Um, so that was uh, one of my, my main goals, um, providing packages for all popular uh, UI libraries out there. So it doesn't matter uh, whether you're using uh, Bootstrap or Foundation or Material. There is a package for all these popular libraries, and you have to install that as well um, via NPM and just import uh, the two ng modules for it, and then you can start right away. And how do you actually structure your form? So... It looks like a lot of this is just TypeScript objects. Yeah, it's basically all that. Um, you just define your form uh, based on, on on TypeScript objects. Uh, you, you can do it um, in a way um, that you that you're relying on a prototypical inheritance, or you can do it um, define it uh, plain in, in just in, in JSON and then you just uh, gotta gotta add a, a component to your component template and create um, the form group via a form service and uh, bind the the form group and the form model to this component and then um, everything else is done for you under the hood and and it creates the the form. And what about debugging then? Um, what what do you mean exactly? Well, is it easy? Is it complex? Is there is there additional facilities that are used when debugging? I guess um I guess there is not really a, a different approach to debugging. Um, when using the library, you just 
you're just free to do it like like you're used to. Um, I think there are no no barriers or, or whatever. Um, you can you can debug your model. You can you can do it like you like you used to do it. But I I do not provide any any kind of special debugging tools for for the library. So it doesn't really need it then. I mean no. Okay. I don't, I don't think so. Don't wait for users to report problems. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. You can replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files and having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. It has full support for JavaScript and all other major languages and platforms. It takes less than 10 minutes to set up, and you can get a free 14-day trial by going to raygun.com and signing up today. One other thing that I'm seeing in here, because I'm just kind of, uh, you know, digging through the the README and trying to figure out, okay, you know, what are we looking at here and, and things like that. Yeah. So one thing that I'm looking for here is uh, validations in the form. Mm-hmm. So if you add a validation, what does that look like? Is it just properties on the object? And mm-hmm. how do those, how do the messages show up if it doesn't pass the validation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, that was also a goal um, of, of providing a, a simple way to define validators, um, not having to apply functions all the time to, to some form control instances or whatever. There's a, a chapter in the README um, which explains it a bit in detail, and it, it basically is just a, a definition object uh, which is called validators and you just um, put in the validator name as a key and the argument of the validator which are optional um, as as the value of this uh, key and of course you have to provide your own custom validators as function via the ng validators token and then you can basically define all your validators just on an object uh, expression. Gotcha. What's it like to write a library like this? <laughs> oh, that's that's a very good question um, because it took me really some time to to figure out how to provide a library for Angular in the, in the most uh, perfect way. Um, so following Angular package format example it was was really a really a hard challenge for me uh, so it, it took me quite a while to figure out how to to um, structure all, all the build process and how to to um, to create all these these different bundles you you have to to provide um, umd bundle files you have to provide es5 bundle files and then also um, es2015 uh, files and that took me quite a while to figure out but now the library is really fully um, matching this angular package format and and so you can uh, you can use it safely with with the CLI or, or every environment you you want I just want to ask so um, we have the template based forms and then we've mm-hmm. got the reactive based forms and this is essentially an entirely different thing besides those two right mm-hmm. right so I think most people who've done both template and reactive-based forms would say that they kind of progress in both complexity and feature set, right? You start with template-based, and they're simple, mm-hmm. but they are missing some features, especially if you want to do some things like complex validation and such. Um, 
And then you've got the reactive-based forms, which are a lot more complex, uh, or at least a bit more complex, but also a bit more fully featured. And so I'm guessing that this library sits even then one step up farther from that as far as the feature set. Would you say on the complexity scale, that's also true in learning curve? Um, I guess um, it, it, well, you, I think you're, you're totally right. Um, it, it does not provide any more features than uh, reactive forms. Um, because it basically uses um, uh, reactive forms under the hood as a base uh, for for rendering all the stuff, um, but it's it's just uh, it's 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 a much more easy approach to to define forms, and so I guess it's I wouldn't recommend it uh, for beginners to start with because I think it, it's really essential to to understand the core concepts behind the template driven forms and reactive forms you can you can easily start with uh, um, this approach because it like i said it takes away all the pain of of writing a static markup of 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 applying all the the bindings um uh, to to the components it's really worth worth a look for for everyone i guess gotcha okay Makes sense. So when you say it uses reactive forms under the hood, um, mm -hmm. in particular, are you talking about a particular library or just a technique? Or um, no, I'm, I'm just talking about um, really the the reactive forms module uh, okay. that that Angular provides. And, and so is it almost like a transpiler in a sense? It just you write stuff, but it comes ends up going down to yeah, yeah, it, forms? it's. It's it's a lot of glue code, I guess, that that, uh, that this library contains. So so you're right. It's probably some kind of a very tiny, small transpiler in in a way. Yes. Yeah, except yeah. it does it all on the fly rather than going through a build step. Yeah. That's that's really interesting. So is there a good way to test your forms if you let's say I build forms and I'm like I want to run some tests on this? Is is it pretty standard just to test it or are there particular yeah. tools or techniques you need to use to do it no no different tools you just uh, make use of, of the angular test bed and um you can use it uh test it the same way you're, you're testing all your your other uh angular code well that's good to know yep yeah that's really handy because I mean, it's one thing to learn a new skill in order to save yourself some effort, and it looks like this will do that. But it's another mm -hmm. thing then to have to go learn a completely new way to think about things in order to test them. And I find that mm -hmm. some libraries fall apart there. So it's it's nice to see that, yeah, this this is pretty standard in that way. Yeah. And and like I said, um, the the whole idea, uh, it 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 wasn't mine. It it was already there when when Angular was in that very early stage. Um, there was already that dynamic forms guide on AngularIO, which which show, exactly showed that approach. And I just followed the guide and and put something on top of it, and then th that's basically it. That's cool. So is all the documentation here in the README, or are there other good examples out there on how to use a library like this? Um, no, uh, I just uh, kept all the documentation in the README file. There is no um other other website for it i i have a 
sample application which shows all the UI components and, and how to do all the things. Um, and I also have another uh, sample on my GitHub account um, which compares those three form approaches and it shows the same exact form done three different ways. So you're always receiving the same output, but doing it uh, in, in three different ways. Um, that's also on my on available on my, my GitHub account. Very cool. So what's the usage been like? Has there been quite a few people using it? Um, well, uh, <laughs> I guess so that, that some people at least are using it. Uh, I don't have any, any uh, deeper insights. Uh, I guess um, there are around 4,000 downloads a month. I don't know if that's oh, good wow. or, or bad. Um, yeah, it seems pretty good. Yep. Thanks. Will. Um, and it, it got, I think, around 500 stars now on GitHub. So Yeah, 529 stars, 147 forks, and 48 people watching it. So yeah, people are definitely using it. Yeah, I hope so. And like I said, I just wanted to give something back to the community. I like everyone to to give it a try and, and, and invite everyone to to contribute code or whatever. Um, that would be great. How how much work do you put in on this every week? Well, there there were times where where I put really really uh, whole evenings into it, um, but I guess there was a time where I where I needed uh, distraction. All in all, because I was, I guess, in, in, a, in a more darker personal place, I guess. And then so um, I guess I needed something to hold on to, uh, to hang on to. And 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 uh, I, I put a put a lot of lot of work into it, hundreds of hours, I guess. Um, but now it, it's it's in a, in a I'd say in a, in a in a stable, solid state where where it's, it's not necessary to, to put that much work into it to, to keep it going. But, but I always uh, want to, to keep it up to date with the, with the latest Angular releases. And, and of course, it's, it's far from perfect. Yeah, um, that could be a huge pain, just that uh, constant release cadence yeah. to keep up with it. Oh. Yeah, but, yeah, but, <laughs> but that's, that's just the way it is, you know. Um, there's only one way, and it's the way forward. Uh, so uh, I, I don't have any problem with that. Um, but, but also, the library um, is not perfect at all. There are some, some, some kind of issues um, I'd like to improve in, in the future, um, hopefully with the help of the community, um, because there are lots of great Angular developers out there. And, and um, uh, yeah. Awesome. We'll put a link to this in the show notes. And if you want to just put uh, a link to your example app in the show notes as well, yeah. in the Skype chat, we'll get it in the show notes. That would be great. Absolutely great. So is this primarily what you work on in your spare time or do you have other projects that you're working on? Um, this is primarily uh, really the only thing I'm, I'm working in my spare time. Maybe I'm, I'm looking for, for another project in, in the in the future because it really you learn so much when you when you're doing 
some kind of, of project of, of open source project it's really worth all the work you put in because uh, you improve your, all your skills you you learn so much from from doing it and you can put all that experience uh, right away into your in your to your daily job so um, i'm really glad i i i did this awesome yeah I'll bet. all right well do you have any other questions joe because i i can't think of anything else that i want to bring up or ask no, that's it. Too bad we can't see code, but... <laughs> yeah, well, it's audio. What can you do? <laughs> but like I said, you know, people can go check out the README and kind of see how it's used mm-hmm. and see how it fits mm-hmm. in with what they're doing. Great. That sounds fantastic. Cool. All right. Well, um, just to give people a chance if they want to connect with you, what, what's the best way to do that? Is it Twitter or GitHub or something um, else? You have a blog? Well, um, I have a website. Um, the the URL uh, is shown on my GitHub uh, page. Um, it's it's uh, HTTP um, udos eight and there you find my my mail address and can get in touch with me. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do some picks. Are you ready to master Angular? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day intense workshop class for individuals or teams. They cover Angular 4 and 2 and focus on the skills and knowledge you need for complex, data-rich applications. They also still offer AngularJS for teams supporting older projects. Bring them to your site or send developers to them in St. Louis, San Francisco, New York, D.C., and other cities and online at angularbootcamp.com. Joe, do you have some picks for us? I do have some picks, in fact. (laughs) So... (laughs) First pick is today, the day of this recording, actually yay. launched. Yep. I know what it is. That's <laughs> I, why I'm saying yay. <laughs> I launched uh, my latest conference, which is uh, that I'm helping out with. It's called the Framework Summit. And it is wow. a conference that's devoted to all front-end JavaScript frameworks. So, uh, React, Vue. It's <clears throat> really excited about it because it's a place where you can go and learn about not just, you know, one framework like a lot of the specialty conferences are but Mm -hmm. also or the generic javascript frameworks which might have one or two talks about the the framework that you care about right but Mm -hmm. it so this is like all frameworks all the time and it's going to be in october up at park city got a lot of already got a lot really good awesome lineup of speakers set up so go check it out frameworksummit.com cool my first yeah, pick awesome. my, my second pick i was um watching last night i want to watch a tv show with my kids last night or eating dinner decided to turn on firefly and watch that again it's an oldie but <laughs> just can't believe it how what a great show and how clever and funny it was <laughs> been i don't know a year or two since i've watched it just reminded myself of how awesome it was so firefly classic those are, those are my picks I thought you were going to say that I was going to sit down and watch TV with my kids and the State of the Union was on, so. <laughs> Pass. 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 Yeah. Oh, that, that, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I love Firefly. Great show. All right, I'll jump in here with a couple of picks. So, uh, yeah, first of all, um, I went to CES, and now I'm getting a bunch of review units for different things that I saw there. And uh, one of my favorites so far is Game Vice. Um, so if you play games on your phone, 
Uh, <laughs> game Vice is essentially a way of hooking your phone up so that it's kind of like a, an Xbox controller sort of thing. And uh, so it gives you all the buttons and, um, you know, the, the joystick pads and all that stuff that you typically get on something like an Xbox controller. Has the buttons on the top, has the, the thumb pads for movement, uh, the buttons, the, you know, the plus up, down, right, left um, control on it. And uh, to try it out, I downloaded Final Fantasy IX on my phone. And yeah, I, I I tried playing it with the swipe controls just to see what the difference was. And it is so much nicer with an actual controller kind of thing on it. So uh, it's Game Vice. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can get one. But uh, yeah, they were at CES and it was just a cool thing that I thought, oh, I ought to try that. So they sent me a, they sent me a unit to try out. I don't know if they're going to want it back or not, but um, I'm really digging it. So I'm going to pick that. And then um, I watched about half of the State of the Union since it came up, and I just get a kick out of people, you know, and so you see all the, the people who hate Donald Trump sitting in the audience frowning, and all the people who love him giving a standing ovation for saying, we're going to do nice things, and the whole thing was just so farcical, you know, from both sides. I just I just was laughing the whole time. So, so, so yeah, so um, if if you want to get pissed off about politics, that's fair. But, but for me, I mean, I, I have to laugh at, at parts of it because otherwise I just want to cry sometimes. But it's just it's just funny. It just, you know, people get so encamped on their side. It doesn't matter what's right or wrong. It's just I hate them. And so, yeah, so just, just I just laugh. I just get a kick out of it. So I, if that offends you, I'm, I'm real sorry. But, you know. Both sides do just stupid crap, and I felt like the the State of the Union kind of epitomized that. So, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Udo, what are your picks? Yeah, um, I've got two picks left. Um, first of all, I, I picked Tom Brady to win it all again on Sunday. No, and <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. I'm I'm uh, chanting for the Patriots. Um, and the second pick um, is my uh, record of the year so far of 2018 uh, from my favorite band of all time, I guess, the Black Rebel Motor Cycle Club. They have a new record out, which is called Wrong Creatures. And yeah, uh, that's my two picks, I guess. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming and talking to us about this library. I hope people will go try it and uh, see where it fits in with what they're doing because it, well, it looks like under certain circumstances, something could save people a lot of effort. Of course. And, and I'd like to thank you uh, very much uh, for having me. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm really honored being on this podcast. And um, well, I hope that some people will give it a try. Yep. Me too. Awesome. Same. All right, well, we'll go ahead and wrap this up, and we will catch everybody next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.